0: And we've got some visitors, so I'd like for y'all to act nice, okay? Could you try? But, uh, so let me get just a minute to make sure we're all on the same page. Because we've started doing something, we've done something for the last three or four weeks that's a a bit different, okay? Typically, you go to church and you're going to be studying, quote, the Sermon on the Mount, and the first series of lessons from the Sermon on the Mount is going to be the, Beatitudes Nothing wrong with that, that's good, done it for a jillion years Heard it for a jillion years Even pre- preached it for a jillion years We've, I've kind of figured out though That my emphasis in the past On this being the Sermon on the Mount Missed the point Labeling it Sermon on the Mount I, thought, I think it's kind of silly Because you don't hear the heart of the lesson In that title And then the Beatitudes, I've talked about it before. I had bookmarks about them. I've seen posters about them, even had a bumper sticker with them. I don't they're not bumper sticker. They're for life. Jesus, here's what I want you to notice. The first three verses. What did Jesus do? Tell me what Jesus did first. There was a crowd, so what did he do? He went up on the mountain. Now, who came to him then? What happened then? The disciples came to him, implying what? The crowd didn't come. If you want to get away from a crowd, what do you do? Go for a hike. Leland does it every year. He takes a bunch of people to Palidura. He That's because he doesn't want to hang out with me because he knows I'm not going hiking, all right? You, you, Jesus hikes up a mountain. He knows nobody's coming, but the disciples come. And when the, when the disciples arrive, they sit down and Jesus teaches them. Now, what I want us to do is... Isn't that what you did this morning? Isn't that what you did this morning? When you come to a place like this to read these kinds of words and discuss these kinds of things, isn't it you saying, we're going to move away from the crowd... We're going to get with Jesus, and we're going to sit down and learn from him, right? You did the very same thing they did, and Jesus looked at them, and I'd prefer you not to read now, just to listen and respond. Be a disciple. Be a person sitting with Jesus. Because is Jesus here? He is. promise is. Two or three of us got together in his name. Where is he? He's right here. So Jesus says to you, do you want to be blessed and see, it's not let all the church say yes. No. Jesus is looking at his men, looking at the people that are the closest to him, the people that he cares about, at least at this moment, more than anybody else in the world. And he says, You want to be blessed? And our church experience won't let us respond like we would if Jesus was sitting here with us. But if Jesus looked at you and said, You want to be blessed, Donna? Yeah. How would you like to be blessed? Catch a breath. Forget, forget the sermons. Forget the Sunday school. This morning, just this morning, on this day, at this place, this time in your life, how would you like to be blessed? And I'm okay with quiet. How would you like to be blessed? Peace Peace. How would you like to be blessed? The prayers that I've been praying for the people in the last to be answered. How do you want to be blessed? Peace and satisfaction. Uh, worry free. You want to be blessed? Here's how it happens, he says. I heard the guy on the TV say if you'd send money to his program, you'd get the blessings you just mentioned. Heard him say that if you'd lay your hand on the TV and pray while he was praying. You'd get the blessing. Jesus said, You want to be blessed? Be poor in spirit. I'm not going to reteach it. We know what it means. But anybody in this room, right now, in this moment, able to admit you're poor in spirit. Your life's a mess. Your life's a mess. You've got nothing to offer. You've got nothing to give to anybody. You just need. And no, we don't like being needy. We don't like being needy. We don't like expressing it. We don't like like people to know that we're that way. In fact, we want to appear. How do we want to appear? All together. We got the right walk. We got the right smile. We got the right talk. We don't want people to know that we're a mess. Anybody, and, and again, there's not a church assignment. Let's just walk through it. Anybody here this morning feel like a mess? What's it, what are you feeling like? Yeah. You want to be blessed? That's where you start because if you can start with admitting that your life's a mess, if you can start by admitting that you have needs, that you're needy, that you're a, what is it I, I tell Owen, admit, you know, I tell her all the time, I said, don't be a crybaby sissy ha, ha but sometimes you're a crybaby sissy ha-ha. And I loved the other day she was crying about something. I said, are you a crybaby sissy ha-ha? And she said, uh-huh, <laughs> and, just, and just kept crying. <laughs> Are you sometimes a cry baby sissy, ha-ha? Yeah. You want to be blessed? Then be honest about it. Mourn. Tell me something you're mourning about today. Tell me your, something you're mourning about today. I can tell you something Kellen's about to be mourning about. <laughs> Heart, but I that way. But she made the statement, "Mom, you're not that, person, you're not that So the comfort does, yeah. that Jesus does change you. Didn't Jesus say that? "Blessed are they who mourn; they'll be comforted." I and I wouldn't fuss with Shirley for anything in the world. I wouldn't fuss with her for anything in the world. But I'd probably fuss with her about the fact that she said she was selfish. When you're trying to survive, you're not being selfish. You may not be able to be what you want to be. You may not be able to be what you will one day be. But when you're trying to survive, some days you just survive, don't you? You know what it's like to turn so far inward that you forget. Blessed are they who mourn. You'll be comforted. You know what happens when you've gone through something like that? Shirley's done it here a gillion times. She went through that horrible time, and she sees somebody. In fact, I've seen her in this place, sitting over here in her place, which is good. She never changes, so I know where she's going to be. But somebody was sitting over over here, and they said something, and Shirley responded. Shirley knows how to be gentle. She knows how to be meek. She knows how to be caring for somebody who's going through the same thing because she went through it. Anybody in this room can tell me, can you tell me anybody in this room that was gentle with you when you needed it most? I can give you a list of people that were pretty tough on me. I can give you a list of some people that were hateful and unkind and bitter and judgmental and hypocritical. I got a list of that. Can you tell me one that was gentle with you? I got a list of those too. It's not as long, but I got a list and I will never forget that bunch. Can you tell me somebody who was gentle? when I realized, hey man, this is a problem. Um, she was she was there. I mean she I called her, I picked up the phone, I reached out, and she told me her story and I was able I was able to work with her I was able to walk away from what was fixing to happen. Because she was able to share with me her experience. The kindness of client mm-hmm. Me too. You want to be blessed? Now, visitors that are used to going to real church are going, okay, now what point is this in the sermon? And how much longer do we have? Because I haven't heard him said in conclusion yet. (laughs) And if you've ever been to those kind of churches, they'll say in conclusion about 14 times. It's like the two-minute warning of a football game takes forever. Just relax, okay? We're not going to abuse your time. Just relax and just breathe for a second. Do you want to be blessed? Do you want to be blessed? Yeah, I want to be blessed. Hunger and thirst after righteousness. I don't think I've done a good job of it, but I'm going to... So I'm going to underline it. This is something that hurts. This is a painful thing. This is... This is not somebody giving a Sunday school answer that says, my greatest desire is that I might become like the Lord Jesus. No, 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 no. We're not talking about posturing. We're not talking about putting up an image. We're talking about somebody that's saying, I crave it. I hunger and thirst after righteousness. Now, folks, think about it in a second. Hunger and thirst doesn't feel good, right? And if you're hungry and thirst after righteousness, if you can admit that, if you're really if you really are craving that, if you're hungry and thirsting for that, what are you admitting? That I don't have it. And I don't have it, and I want it. Put it the simplest way, I want to be like Jesus, don't you? Don't you think those guys that walked up that mountain and sat down with him craved to be like him? They wanted to be just like you. You want to be blessed? Keep reading. Keep reading. Then be merciful. Be kind to people that don't deserve you to be kind to them. Be kind to somebody. Be nice to somebody, even if they don't give it back to you. Is that true? Guess what happens if you do? What's the promise? You'll get mercy. Now, does that mean the person that you're being merciful to will give it back to you? I heard it preached one time. I heard it preached. The guy preached, uh, and I, I wanted to smack him with my Bible. He said, lady, and he was talking to wives, and that, that, there's always an irritation to me when I hear a, a, a man talking to women about how to be a good wife, because I think maybe the deck is stacked against them a little bit. And he says, now, ladies, if you'll be merciful to your husband, he'll be merciful to you back. That's how this works. If you want your husband to be kind to you, you be kind to him. I'm all for you being kind to your husband. My wife especially. Could we get that memo? I would love that. But does that guarantee they'll respond in kind? One more time. Is there a direct connection? Quid pro quo? No. Do you be nice to people? God will find a way to be nice to you. May not come from that person, may not come from any of these people, may not come from any shape, form, or fashion that you see, but He'll find a way. Uh, I won't ask you. I won't ask you to confirm it. I just want you to consider it. Has God put somebody in your life? Has God put a circumstance in your life that maybe nobody else knows about, maybe that you've never shared? Has God put somebody or something in your life that's given you mercy? You freely receive that, then you freely give that, right? Blessed are the pure in heart. You want to be blessed? Be pure in heart. Now, we're not talking about, what are we talking about? I'm not going to tell you what we're not talking about. I want you to tell me what we are talking about because we talked about this already. Pure in heart focused. It's being single-minded. Let's not be distracted by a bunch of other stuff. Let's be focused on being completely focused on Jesus. We've heard all the kinds of stories. What happens when you keep your eyes on? what happens when you take your eyes off Jesus? You almost drown. Ask Peter. So if you keep your eyes on Jesus, what happens? You get you walk on water. You'll do things that you never thought you could do. You'll overcome things you never thought you could overcome. You'll become whatever you never thought you'd become if you'll keep your eyes on Jesus. Just focus on Jesus and what will happen? You will see God, His words. You want to be blessed? Then make up your mind that that's what's more important to you than anything else, that you want to see God. That you want to, be, you want to see God and you will. And I don't think he's talking about just in heaven. I think it starts way before heaven. You want to be blessed? Be a peacemaker. Now look at that one. That's the next one. Tell me what that means, to be a peacemaker. What is? Just, take this, just define the word for me. What is peacemaker? have to put up with. <laughs> What's a peacemaker? One who makes amends. Does making peace involve making amends? Sometimes. <laughs> All right, so does compromise sometimes what it takes to make peace? Yeah. All right, Be a part of the solution, not the problem. What does it mean to be a pa- peacemaker? I'll let you define it however you want to define it. Humility. You, is, is it going to take some humility sometimes? Because what do you want to do? What What do you want to do? <laughs> you want to win and you want to be... I heard somebody say it. Be right. Be right. That's an honest answer. And the truth is... Whether we really are or not, we think we are, and even if we become convinced that we're not, we're going to hold on to our position long enough to see if we can get the other person to shift so we can escape the embarrassment of being wrong. What's it take to be a peacemaker? You've got to take a risk. What's the risk? What's the risk of being a peacemaker? They'll get mad at you. Ooh. Ooh. Louise just gets... Do we have an extra donut? Louise gets it. Because if I become a peacemaker and I step into a situation where there is not peace, what's liable to happen? You've seen it happen? You've been involved in that kind of deal? You step in to make peace and... You become the lightning rod for both of them. I heard a man say it. I thought it was one of the most noble things I'd ever heard said. He said, young man, if you have to hate me for the rest of your life, for you to be at peace and to make your way to heaven, I'll accept that. If you have to disagree with me or hate me or be upset with me or or avoid me or stay away from me. But if that's what it takes for you, To be at peace with God? Am I willing to be a peacemaker? Y'all are way beyond what my thinking was. I'll just say what I was thinking and and then y'all get the donuts and I won't eat any. Um, You do everything you can to make peace. But and the reason I said it that way is because Paul teaches us in the book of Romans. You remember chapter 12? He said, as much as it depends on you be at peace are there some people you can't be at peace with let's let's say it again are there some people that you can't make peace with because they won't accept it and God forbids it there are some people you should not be at peace with Now, there's some of you church folks that are going I don't know that I've ever heard that that's right Are you to hate what God hates? Are you to hate what God hates? Are you to be at peace with everyone? No. There are some people Jesus wasn't at peace with. And if Jesus is not at peace with them, I can't be at peace with them. But as much as it depends on me, do what I can for there to be peace. Does that mean saying I'm sorry? Does that mean me humbling myself and taking the blame? Does that mean me admitting that I was wrong, or maybe not even admitting that I was wrong, but not insisting that the other person is wrong. Do I have to, well, You've heard me say this often. You're going to finish the sentence. Do I have to prove that you're wrong for me to be right? No, but what do we tend to do? Honest. What do we tend to do with our mates? What do we tend to do with our closest friends? What do we tend to do with our brothers and sisters? We want to make sure that we drive, say that point again, drive the point home. with a hammer. Let's drive that point home. How many times have you said, I know, I got the point, I got to hang on, I understand, I understand, I understand. And what, they, what do they keep doing? Boom, boom. I heard it the first time. The 16th time it's wearing a little thin. By the time you get to 64, You've made me so mad now. I'm not going to accept you <laughs> that you're right. As much as is in you possible, be at peace with all men. And what happens? What happens? You become all sons of God. Ah, son of God. What do we know about the Son of God and peacemaking? What do we know about the Son of God and peacemaking? Peace. He's the prince of peace. What did he do to bring peace? You stay in your Bible knowledge. Stay in your Bible knowledge. Don't go Sunday school on me. Stay in the Bible what did he do to make peace? That's a donut right there. What? Say it again. He accepted guilt. He accepted punishment. He accepted criticism. He accepted shame. He accepted hurt that was not his, so that he could make peace. You want to be blessed? Let's put it that way, maybe not. You want to be blessed? Then be a peacemaker. You'll be called sons of God. You want to be be blessed? Last one. You want to be blessed? There's going to come a day when somebody is going to be unkind to you and they're going to be unkind to you because you're kind. They're going to be unrighteous towards you because they see you as righteous. They're going to be hateful to you because they see you as peaceful. That's the way it's going to work. They're going to mock you because you mourn. They're going to despise you because you're poor. They're going to think you're weak because you're meek. And they're not going to be merciful because they see you as merciful and they see that as being childish, immature, weak. What do you do when somebody mistreats you because you've done something right? What do you do? Stay in the text, stay in the text. What do you do? I, I'm sorry. I asked the question right, but in my head I jumped to the verse. Answer the question first. What do I do when somebody hurts me when I don't deserve to be hurt? When somebody says something unkind to me that, isn't, that is not honest, that, I mean, they're, not, they're, not, they're taking their issue and putting it on me. And it's not my problem. I didn't do it. But when they do that, because I did what was right, I tried to do what was right. When I was trying to be like Jesus and I got in trouble for that, what does that do? How do I tend to respond to that? I get angry. I withdraw. Now listen to these words. If I get angry, how do I react to them? Well, fine. Throw up my hand. I'm not good. That's fine. Get over it. Or I withdraw and what do I do? Think, 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 think. What do you do? Somebody's being mean to you, so you withdraw. What do you do? Yeah. You're trying to ignore them. There are people in this room. There are people in this room that know the answer to this because it's what you struggle with, and we've talked about it before. It is one of the things that I have the most trouble with in my life, and I'm working on harder, I guess, maybe than anything else. What happens when you're trying to be kind, when you're trying to be good, when you're trying to be loving, when you're trying to be faithful, when you're trying to be Jesus and people people that are close to you, people that know you are supposed to care about you the most, when they start to pick, when they start to criticize, when they start to heap trouble on you, what do you tend to do when you withdraw? What are we talking about? You stop being Jesus to anybody or you... Build a build a grudge, <laughs> or maybe I get some people on my side. Yeah, run. Say it again, and you lay down, and you just it must be true. Yeah, because it must be true. It's the person that's supposed to love me. That's doing this to me. It's the person that knows me. That's doing it to me. So it must be true. So there must be something wrong with me. You do it. You do it. What did Jesus say do? Keep reading. What did Jesus say do? Now hang on. Because what you're about to say is what Jesus says. It's red letter Jesus saying this. And this is not a suggestion. This is not good counseling advice. This is word from the Lord of, of lords and king of kings. And he just told me that I need to get up off the doormat and do what? Rejoice and be exceedingly glad. Now what is, what is glad? Somebody tell me about glad. Any anybody, anybody? This is not hard. This is easy. Tell me about Glad. No, I'm too old. Spring in my step. Somebody smack him. <laughs> put, put a knot on his head. And everybody that my age knows about it. that spring left a long time ago. Except I got some cushion in my soul today. Maybe so. All right. So what, what does it mean to be glad? Somebody say be glad. Joyful. Joyful. Some. No. No. Glad. Happy. Glad. Giddy. Glad. Energetic. Energetic. Glad. glad. You're fixing to make me mad. <laughs> Springing get that, baby. in my step and energetic. It ain't happening at my age, okay? Knock so, it. Roscio, control him. All right. Please. Ooh, I like that. Please. Glad. Happy. Please. Thrilled. Joyful. Joyful. now when you want to? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. You rescued yourself. You rescued yourself. <laughs> Excited. Oh, I like that one. It's excited. Now, rejoice and be exceeding excited, pleased, happy, joyful. All of those things, right? Why? Instead of getting mad, instead of getting mad and throwing a fit, they're going to treat me that way. And I've heard it in church all my life. It just makes, and it's sick. It is sick. Somebody criticizes you. Well, I'm just going to quit. They're going to treat me like that. I just won't go to church. Or if they're going to treat me like that, I won't do that anymore. I uh, I love it here. I love it here. Somebody starts a song wrong or something, and we just all enjoy it together. And then just start back again. I love that. But I've been in churches where the song leader quit leading singing forever because somebody because he made that mistake and they embarrassed him. Here we embarrass each other so much we don't even notice it. But see the point? What we do is we tend to quit. And what I tend to do, and I'm confessing, and I'm asking you to help me, you pray for me and help me to overcome this. But I've been talking about this for months now. I don't want to be that doormat. I don't want to be the just, I'm going to hold on and take it and have the life sucked out of me or squashed out of me or, what's the word I want? out of me I want to be able to rejoice and be glad when somebody does that to me why keep reading why can I do that Catherine how can I do that look in the text rejoice and be exceeding glad why for great is my reward in heaven keep reading keep reading because that's how they treated, look at it, look at it. That's how they pre- treated the prophets. And if you're going to, and Jimmy already said it, but if, that's, if we're going to just cut to the chase, how was Jesus treated? That's what happened to Jesus. So if somebody's doing it to me, if somebody in this church is doing it to me, if somebody in my home is doing it to me, if somebody that's a part of my heart is doing it to me, guess what? They did it to Jesus too. Were the people that were closest to Jesus, did they hurt Him? Did the people that He carried in His heart hurt Him? Did the people in His church hurt Him? Did the people in His family hurt Him? And so what did He tell me to do? You rejoice. You be glad. You don't duck your head. You don't duck your head. No, you don't. Now you're going to cry because He did. And your heart's going to break because his did. But what are you going to do? You stand up. You keep your head up. You rejoice and be exceeding glad for great is your reward in heaven. Have I got to wait till then? Sometimes, yeah. But is it worth the wait? But do I always have to wait that long? There's some of us have been rewarded here. We'll talk about that in a minute. We'll tie that knot that way. I don't know about you. I needed to hear this today. I needed, I needed to hear this today. Rejoice and be exceeding glad. For great is your reward in heaven. For so persecuted they the prophets that were before you. You want to be blessed? Then let's take that desire to this supper. And while we eat this body of Jesus and we drink this blood of Jesus, let's remember we're with Him on that mountain, letting Him him lead us, step at a time, home.